Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs in at true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, what does a multimillionaire do when he goes on the run as a murder suspect? He takes a documentary crew to follow him. We'll review the Netflix documentary, Running with the Devil, The Wild World of John McAfee. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the upcoming The Final Curtain, the second book in the Piper Green series, Laura Bricker. Hello, Laura. Hello, Rebecca. Oh my gosh, what do I have for you here? <gasps> There it is. Oh, it is. it's a new copy of The Final it, Curtain. Very it's nice. an advanced review copy. Very Also nice. known as an ARC. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get my signed copy. For the copy. literary insiders. Yes, I can't wait to get my signed copy in the mail. I hope the book maven is listening again and wants a copy of your, wants an ARC. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, our resident Doubting Thomas, the author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of the Strange Arrivals podcast, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hey, Rebecca. So, Toby, I just want to let you know, I'm so excited to be a panelist on an upcoming episode of the Deep Dive Book Club podcast. I am reading my book. Good. I'm doing my homework. It's a good book, right? Very good. Uh, It's called The Tall Man by Chloe Hooper. And those of you who would like to listen to the next episode of The Deep Dive, I really recommend it. It's super good so far. And that man is, in fact, very tall. It's extremely tall. (laughs) (laughs) Although you have to do the, the, you have to convert it from centimeters when you're reading the, uh, when you're reading the book. Yeah. Although in my book, it just says he's six foot seven. Maybe I just got a different edition than you did. Maybe they translated at one point. I think he was like described as being two meters tall. And I was like, two meters. So that's, you know. <laughs> All right. So, Kevin, uh, what is coming up on next Monday's podcast? Next Monday, we're going to be talking about the podcast Witnessed Mystic Mother. Kevin, is that a cult podcast? It is. All right. It's a oh. sex cult podcast. You know, oh, I love me a cult. Kind. It's it's lady oriented sex club. Ladies, yeah, yeah. lady cult. Guess who comes first? Oh, stop it. I what? <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, that's what she said. All right. <laughs> I think we should just get to the content and stop but it with you. wash it off for a fit. Right, okay. Yeah, Let's yeah. just sketch that right out of our brains. I'm going to go ahead and drop that first clip right now. 
my decisions were the same decisions any average human would make. What you would have done in the same circumstances, I believe, sir. John McAfee made hundreds of millions of dollars on his ubiquitous antivirus software and retired to Belize. But after his neighbor was murdered in 2012, McAfee went on the run. Rather than keep a low profile, he let a camera crew film his every move. All right. Oh, fuck. Shit. What? Nothing. There can't, be, there can't be enough fuck. No, I'm good. Passport. Passport. Shit, I don't have mine. McAfee uses his unscrupulous methods and considerable wealth to escape his predicament in Central America. But when he gets into trouble in the U.S., a paranoid, drug-addled, and heavily armed McAfee invites cameras on his luxury yacht as he takes to the sea to avoid capture. You take your chances when you leave national waters. We're carrying armaments. We would not be easy prey. This boat itself has got eight layers of fiberglass, three layers of Kevlar. So, I mean, the hull itself is virtually bulletproof. The Netflix documentary Running with the Devil, the wild world of John McAfee, brings us inside the businessman's never-ending flight from justice through jungles, foreign court systems, and the high seas. It documents his downward spiral while on the lam and asks questions about his controversial death. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Running with the Devil. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. Additional note, I am the host of Netflix's podcast, You Can't Make This Up, but we did not cover this documentary and that hosting job has not influenced my review of this film. Laura Bricker. Mm-hmm. How much just for men for beards did John McAfee take on the run with him? <laughs> that is my first question. What do you think? Well, a lot. I, I kind of wish I was Robert, the cameraman in the overalls, and oh, uh, Rocco, the vice reporter, who got to go on the run with him. Why is that? What an adventure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was like the legend of Cocaine Island computer software version. Yeah. It was nuts. I don't even know how to make sense of this because it was like watching an egomaniac spiraling into complete mental illness slash drug addiction slash I don't even know what. And it just kept going on and on and on. But yeah, I mean, it was something. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I could relate to about McAfee, and I'm not saying murdering somebody is okay. When I yeah. heard it was about somebody killing his dogs, I was like, Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I wish I had known more about that murder. Yeah, yeah. Like, I felt like there was definitely, it was sort of like the stream of consciousness sort of following McAfee. And I'm like, but I want a little more about the crime that led up to this. Yeah, kind, sort of, of. kind of a dropped thread in the mm -hmm. documentary. So, Toby, what do you think about what this film is about? Because like we were just saying, they kind of drop the thread about the murder and then it just becomes sort of a following a man who is a legend in his own mind, maybe kind of situation. Yeah, I mean, I. You know, I think there's legitimately some pretty crazy stuff that happens in Belize and Guatemala. Like, I, I think there's no question that that's some of that's harrowing. There's also some stuff like, well, there's bad guys coming and there's good guys coming. And if the good guys get here first, we're fine. If the bad guys come here, it's going to be a long day for us. And it's like, who are these bad guys? Like, wow. Why? Do, how do you know this? 
It's just you're, you're spending a lot of time like taking his word for things. Uh, when they do get to Guatemala, you do see he gets into this kind of situation and he fakes his heart attack. My sense is he just paid people off and sort of. Oh, really? It, you think that? Made, made it in this big high profile <laughs> way to like to enhance his myth. There's no goods. Right. I mean, it's just like he's mm-hmm. saying, oh, I, I hacked into the KGB and the CIA and the FBI and. You know, I did this and I did that. I did the other thing. And, you know, they're dangerous people after me. We got to get out of Bermuda with all the guns we have left. And it's like, is there any evidence at all that this happens other than you raving like a lunatic? Yeah. And I think the answer is no. So, I I mean, I kind of took this as, with the exception of what was going on in Guatemala, is really he's brought these these guys along to kind of make a documentary, making it look like he's got this, like, insane life which he kind of does but it's insane because of drug abuse and guns not because he's like an international outlaw fleeing from the Sinaloa cartel wait Toby you mean you don't like take a gun every time you shower in the shower with you well I do (laughs) but I live in Durham so yeah it's tough so Kevin what do you think of this idea that he just uh, his first thought when all this happened was let's get a camera crew here let's That's, get these yeah. let's get these reporters from Vice and instead of like having them do a story let's actually like get them as a crew and bring them along with me. Yeah, I feel like that was missing cuz I do think it's important context as far as I mean I wasn't even clear that these guys were from Vice until like maybe 15 minutes into it till they kind of said this is where we're filing or somebody said we're from Vice we just all of a sudden see Rocco at the airport, like, we're going on an adventure. This is going to be going really great. Well, you know, what is McAfee's plan that he's like, we're going to get out of the country, but first I'm going to summon a film crew, see if they want to follow me, pick them up at the airport, uh, you know, with this very cool, like, James Bond way of, uh, of, of passing a signal. I'm supposed to wear a blue scarf around my neck. Lots of cabs will come up and they'll say, do you want to ride, sir? Do you want to ride, sir? But eventually someone's going to go up and say... I'm sorry I'm late, and that's whose car we get into. So it's a little disorienting, and I think that's what they're trying to achieve. They want it to be a little disorienting because jumping into this, him going on the run, is disorienting. So I think that, while I do feel we need to be anchored a little bit in in what is happening a little more, I think that that's the idea, where all of a sudden we're in the van and he's looking for his passport, and we're going to take a little boat and go across the ocean to a whole other country and sneak in there. And, you know, thank God his uh, young girlfriend's uncle is the attorney general or some stupid shit like that. One of the things that I kept occurring to me, Kevin, is that these documentarians, the photographer Robert, Mr. Hoveralls, and uh, <laughs> the, the Vice dudes, they're also kind of unreliable narrators because they end up sort of falling in love either with their own story or the mm-hmm. story they missed or with McAfee in Mr. Hoverhall's mm. case, right? I didn't think of it that so way. So they're yeah. sort of seeing this through this lens of this very exciting memory they have. At the same time, they're telling us this story. So sort of objectivity here is kind of out the wind. I mean, well, I, like they're, yeah. they're, they're also remembering this grand adventure that they yeah, had. Yeah, when you're part of it, it's hard to all of a sudden yeah, maintain that kind of objectivity. I think Rocco is probably a little more sober-eyed about what his experience was as opposed to Robert, who says, fuck it, yeah, I'm in for another ride. Let's get on a boat and just, you know. That, <laughs> at least Rocco was like, you know he was there for the story and he's pissed that he never got to file the story. 
Robert's like, well, you know, I wanted to, be, I wanted to like work on this farm with my dog and my overalls. And then he said, let's go for a ride. I got a whole bunch of coke and some guns and the Wolf of Wall Street's <laughs> yacht. So let's just live on the high seas like coked up pirates. Mm, yeah, uh, with some bath salts. Oh my god, yeah. bath salts. <laughs> well, y- you know who was more reliable of the people that was interact? It was Alex the Ghostwriter. Right. Mm. I actually liked him. Like he's like. Yeah, he might be a murderer, but I really love a good story. But then at the end, he's the one that had like the quote of the entire documentary, I think, that was like, John was the virus. John was the virus. Has he ruined people's lives? Yes. But I also saw the goodness in John, the things that he's done to help people. I wanted to write that story. I appreciated him because I could relate to him. I'm like, yeah, I love a good story. But also this guy's full of shit and he's like bonkers. Um, And, you know, but it was like crazy also how they found him and he just showed up and like that scene where he's describing his first interaction with McAfee. And he's like and he's like walking around. He's like, oh, you're the writer. Do you want some like 12 year scotch or whatever? And then it's like literally something out of a. Yeah, it's like (laughs) your scotch is what I'm drinking. Oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, like Robert and even in the end, back to him, overalls, Robert, like. He, he, at the end, actually was like, yeah, actually, like, he was my friend. Um, so he he definitely crossed the line. I was really, I thought the best narrators in this film were McAfee's ex-girlfriends, frankly. Yes, yes. Because they have nothing to gain. They're not in any way exalting their experiences with him. They're just saying what happened when they were with him. In the film, when you see them as passengers in the car, he's just, they're, they're basically objects that he's carrying along for the ride. And then they're just saying what happened when they were with him they 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 didn't seem to be particularly enjoying the adventure as it was happening but now the second one though what's her name janice the one who was the sex worker janice starts out being like hey it was better than being a sex worker i thought hey i'm along then she allegedly actually falls in love with him and now she's like oh he was murdered and like she's like he didn't commit suicide and she's like taken on his case so she was a little harder for me to figure out than the first girl, the, the one who was so young, Sam, that we see sitting out on the beach talking about how she, she was so young and vulnerable. And they were very interesting because they were the ones who were spending the most time with him, mm-hmm. like in, in a more personal way, obviously. Yeah. So, Toby, if you were that cameraman, would you have jumped on that yacht with all of the uh, guns, drugs and booze? Fuck Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just else? a Tuesday at Toby Ball's house. Fucking <laughs> strap it up. Like those scenes are like a little difficult to watch because it is just these people in this drug haze. Like they think there might be people hiding in like the hull of the boat. So they're like peering down there with guns and flashlights. And, you know, he's got a lot of like these pretty, you know, cleverly lit you know, shots of, of John and he looks like all like sketched out. But then there's mm-hmm. one where he's like, I think he's lying on a mattress, like typing on his computer or something. And his legs are just vibrating. And it's like, fuck man. Daddy, you got the virus. You are not in good shape. Like, like you said before, it's like alcohol and drugs and guns and just a guy who's just completely not lucid kind of in charge of everything and paranoid and, in all this, but just has so much freaking money that, you know, other than the threats that are in his head, like he can basically buy his way out of anything. It's harrowing. 
I mean, that whole part is harrowing. And, and the most understandable part of the entire documentary was when that guy was like, he walks off. He's like, fuck it. I am out of here. I got into a cab. I said, take me to the airport. And I flew home. It's like, yeah, that's the first good decision that's happened for anybody in this entire documentary. Do we even know how those people got out of that hotel? Like at the beginning when they're in that hotel in Guatemala and they're like, the federales can't come in here. We're safe while we're here. And then it's like five years later. Like, what happened? What happened? How'd you get home? A time machine. <laughs> Toby, it's a grand adventure. It, uh, I guess home. that's what it is. You got to drink 12 year scotch to hear that story, Toby. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. All right, so Kevin, here we are in the business section. I can't even catch my breath. What have we got going on on our Patreon right now, Kevin? Well, we have the Crime Writers on After Show. Toby Ball led us in a discussion about our uh, writing origins. Our literary beginnings. The very beginning. It's an origin story about... Origin stories. <laughs> we have a new episode of Leave It to Bricker at, at Patreon. Lara has been going deep, kind of. Mm-hmm. There was a, a, a mysterious hole discovered in quaint AF, <laughs> Exeter, New Hampshire. What was it? Well, I was hoping it was like the catacombs of Exeter and that there might be like skeletons, but you'll have to listen to Leave It to Bricker to find out what it was. Unfortunately, there's this pesky thing called OSHA, so they wouldn't let me go down in the hole, but I got pretty close. Kevin, what else we've got going on our Patreon? Well, we've got 301 (gasps) exclusive podcast episodes there. Go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media, just like it says at the beginning of the episode, and you can get all that, including Mary with Podcast and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club Podcast. Also out there, uh, yesterday we dropped the latest episode of These Are Their Stories. We were joined again by our friend Ronald Young Jr., Yay! Oh, I love him. We talked about this uh, SVU episode in which you'll remember this scene if you're a fan where Sharon Lawrence gets up on the interrogation table and spreads her legs in Stabler's face. That's right. It's really weird. It's real weird. Says, here's the... No, she doesn't say that. No, she doesn't say... She's thinking it, though. No, she's not. And I'm going to fucking bleep that out because that's gross. (laughs) 
Jesus Christ. Look at poor Toby. He's going to have to have some therapy. <laughs> like, I want to talk about Can I just that? make a, a quick plug for Ronald? I started listening to his podcast, Leaving the Theater. It is so good. He reviews movies with a friend as they are walking out of the theater. So he's watched a bunch of movies that I am too scared to see. And, like, I didn't have to because he reviews them as he's walking out of the theater. It's great. The best thing is, and Laura, you will remember this from when uh, Toby was away and we had Ronald mm-hmm. on. We were talking about the dropout. Mm-hmm. He said that Amanda Seyfried should win the Oscar for television, which I pointed mm-hmm. out is called the Emmys. We had Ronald on minutes after that, and we got to break the news to him. Have a listen. This is, for me, this is a career-making role for her. After this, we should see her in, like, critically acclaimed things after this. If we, like, if you could get an Oscar for a television show, she should be the first one to at least be nominated because there's stuff you she's can. doing You can. It's called here. an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> we have some breaking news just for you. What? Amanda Seyfried has won the Oscar for television. Yo, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. You called it. Wow, I love that. Okay. Lastly, just want to let you know two things. Uh, Rebecca and I are going to be in Columbus, Ohio on September 30th and October 1st and 2nd for Obsessed Fest with a whole bunch of great true crime uh, luminaries, Patrick Hines, uh, Jillian Pensavale, Amber Hunt, Robbie Achaudry, Payne Lindsay, the guys from Generation Y. It's going to be really great. And lastly, I'm going to make a little request here. If you can, could you help me with my Walk a Mile in Her Shoes? Again, this year I'm going to be doing this fundraiser for the Central New Hampshire Crisis Center. This is a uh, emergency center for women in town. And what we do is I put on a pair of high heel shoes and a bunch of guys like me go and figuratively walk a mile in her shoes to raise awareness for the issues that the women in the community face, and that for guys, we have to be part of the solution too. And this is a way to, uh, it's performative, but it's a symbol of like starting to think about what happens with all the members in the community and, you know, the way that we can help be part of the solution. It's a shelter for women who are victims of domestic violence. We should be very clear. It is a wonderful, wonderful organization. What did it, What did I imply it no, was? No, you didn't apply anything. I'm oh, okay. Just, I'm just, you didn't say what they do. Oh, okay. Well, it's a crisis center, you know? Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. I see. Uh, anyway, if you'd like to donate, you can do that by uh, finding my link. Just go to crimewriterson.com right on the homepage. It'll take you to where you can sponsor me. That's going to be happening on October 5th. All right. So, Kevin, before we wrap up the business section, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Yeah, our Patreon patron saints are Aaron Casey and Kathy Rowe. Oh, bless you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you guys for being great patrons, great members of our Crime Writers on Community. I see you there in our group. And uh, thank you to everybody for listening, being part of our Patreon community or not. And thus ends the business section. The business section. I'm going to go ahead and fade that yeah, music out. Yeah, why don't you fade that music out? Right now. All right, so Kevin, before we get back on the boat, yeah, let's talk about the sideways turn into uh, John McAfee's political career. Yeah, okay, here's the part, <laughs> and I think you guys kind of alluded to it. It's kind of unclear how he goes from fake heart attack to you know running. He's he's in trouble for murder, potentially in Belize, and now all of a sudden he's back in the U.S. and he's running for president and the nomination for the Libertarian Party. And I'm like, how did the other thing resolve? Do they still 
Is he still, there's still criminal charge? How did he get out of that? How did he get out of the country when Rocco and uh, Robert were, you know, trying to flee the federales? So that was a big, that was a big hole there sort of in the middle. Like what was going on? They didn't even do something like, okay, we see him running for president. Got it. We know he doesn't become president. But they don't sort of ever acknowledge. Are we sure he didn't become president? He didn't become president. But they don't even acknowledge, like, you know, what happened with the nomination? How many votes did they get? They didn't even, like, sort of do a single frame to close that anecdote, right? A lot of this stuff is left open because now we're jumping to the next thing. And all of a sudden he's in a wig, you know, and then. (laughs) That was the best scene. Yeah, that was awesome. Are are you an undercover boss? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm John McAfee. They're like. Oh. Yeah, why? Are you going to be on Undercover Boss? Am I going to be what? Undercover Boss? No, ma'am. It's going to be far worse than that. You, you'll say, that man was in my shop. I promise you. And a week from now, you go, that you're not man gonna was get, in my shop. You're not going to get in trouble, are you? I'm in trouble. Always in trouble. There were so many moments in this documentary where John McAfee would be talking to the camera, and I kept turning to Kevin. I was like, is that an actor playing John McAfee? And Kevin was like, no, that's also John McAfee. Yeah. Like, he just had this, he didn't, it's not like he looked particularly different. He would just make these weird tiny changes to his appearance like the just for men for beards like a weird like change in haircut like even just a facial expression or the way he was standing in the light would just like shadow his face in a certain way he's just a very like not a chameleon quite you know what it is what bath salts (laughs) bath salts it's all about the salts cocaine's a hell of a drug (laughs) Charlie Murphy (laughs) Toby what did you think of this foray into politics by John McAfee uh, you can be fucking anybody and run for the libertarian. <laughs> yeah. Like that, I think I think the guy, like one of the first guys who ever followed me on uh, Twitter, I don't know why, was this guy who's really into living forever, transhumanism, and uh, he ran like eight years ago as the transhumanist party candidate. But then I think mm. he, I, I don't know if he actually was the libertarian party nominee or he was just like very competitive for it. But like literally he's a transhumanist. Like he wants to implant his brain into a computer. So he never actually dies. Ah. And it's like, what is this? How does this in any way have anything to do with libertarianism? It's it's changed. What libertarianism means has definitely evolved. It's totally fucking wacky. Anyway, (laughs) living in a state where the, the libertarians like had grand plans on taking over. Instead, they're just trying to fuck up one of our, like small ski hills, but uh, <laughs> oh, they also story, have grand plans to take over, and it has worked. They have also have the speaker of the house, who is also libertarian is he? Here in our state. Uh, yes. I don't pay that much attention. Yes, uh, but we also have. I mean, li- like libertarians. The the definition, if anyone doesn't know, in New Hampshire has definitely transmogrified. We have many libertarians here who are actually under the banner of Republican politicians. But the current nominee for the libertarian uh, candidate for go- go- governorship in New Hampshire, the platform on which he's running is quote cameras and classrooms so. so you've already given more context for libertarianism <laughs> in this discussion than that documentary did when we see him and john stossel you john know stossel jesus at uh, you know at some debate you know yeah where they're already making jokes about the fact that he's wanted for murder and beliefs and hasn't paid his his, his income tax and then Correct. that guy kisses him one of the other candidates goes over and plants a big wet one on his cheek it was the kiss that? of death, Toby. It was the kiss of death. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Toby has thoughts about the murder in Belize. I mean, you, Toby, also have questions about why that wasn't wrapped up, but you also have questions about why that guy was always walking around with a parrot. And it was. <laughs> he wants to be a pirate, yeah. apparently. I Well, you know. I know who did it. 
Oh, wait. <laughs> the, uh... Laura, the man was murdered. Have some sensitivity. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's I'm okay. Sorry. The statute of limitations is up. This is a very strange crime. Don't victim blame strange rich people. The whole thing is weird is that the guy wants to be able to walk around on the beach with a parrot on his shoulder so much that he's willing to poison his neighbor's dog. Yes. And his neighbor, who he must know, is armed to the teeth because he's shooting his guns off all the time. And he's got to know that he's going to be the guy who's going to be the suspect because he's a guy who doesn't like the dogs. I don't understand. Just like leave your parrot at home. It's a very poorly thought out crime. Is it that big a deal? Um, (laughs) It's like, it's like Kevin, remember the horse lady who used to scream at people? There's a lady who used to walk her horse down the street in our old neighborhood and if you're if you were outside or outside with your dog, even if your dog was on the leash, she would scream at you because her dog, her horse, was afraid of dogs. And it's like, listen, lady, this is a residential neighborhood, and you have chosen to ride your horse. Oh, and cars, you would go in front by. of her. She would Ugh. yell at drivers. She would yell at people with. And I was like, someday she's gonna like bring a gun and like shoot her dog but wow. yeah it's like it was it was it was wild and that's what i kept thinking about this is like the horse lady situation yeah, yeah. Again. and I, I don't want to sound like i'm victim blaming uh because obviously you don't deserve it wasn't the horse's fault and it wasn't the parrot's to, fault to die for that stuff but no. it, it just seems yeah i don't know like it seems like the wrong guy to pick a fight with necessarily um yeah you know that parrot's still alive yeah, the parents lived to be like 80 years old. Yeah. yeah. I watched only murders in the building. <laughs> so, uh, Kevin, let's just get to the back to the boat really quick, because I know you had questions about how that was all going to work. Yeah, how bad do you think it smelled on that boat? <laughs> Not good. Uh, I the, don't the, know. Those, those I mean... uh, saturated rugs that they show, it's going yeah. to melt yes. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of Lysol and Febreze. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we also didn't get is sort of I mean, we see McAfee like pull out a big wad of hundred dollar bill bills in U.S. currency, and I guess that's supposed to imply this is how the whole thing is working. He's just pulling cash out of his pocket. But I'm like, okay, he's fleeing the IRS. So was he in the Bahamas with that? That that's yeah. Saying, he's yeah. like going from island to island, and he went to one island, and they confiscated his his gun. So where has he been like the last couple of months, just in the middle of the ocean? Where does he get in the gas? Where are they getting new food? Where are they getting more of their bath salts? Yeah. You know, they got to pull into some port somewhere. Well, and like that whole, like the logistics of all that. Well, there are a lot of Bahamas. There are a lot of Bahamas. Yes, they they had a shitload of bath salts too. Like that was a big ass. That was like yeah. a gallon bag of bath salts. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I was like, and really? he was like, when he was in the room and that bedroom after they talked about that, and he was on the bed and he was just like, yeah. I was really worried that we were going to like have like a face chewing scene. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I really was because we all know about bath salts. It was on my list when the kids were little and I was like, the seven drugs you're never allowed to try once. Like bath salts. Was bath salts. <laughs> Some of them were on the list because no one ever does them once. Bath salts on the list because you might accidentally eat somebody's face. Remember that story? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. So that was a Florida story. Yes, it was. It was not great. Okay, so I, for one, am a huge believer in uh, the fact that John McAfee could have faked faked his death. Here is why. I uh, did a story on the talk show that I used to work for about the really, like, 
unbelievable commonness of the rich people faking their death industry. There's a really interesting book called Playing Dead, A Journey Through the World of Death Fraud. It came out in about 2016. The author is Elizabeth Greenwood. There's a really interesting NPR interview with her in which she actually went through the process of faking her own death uh, in writing the book. It is super easy to do. You don't have to be that rich to do it. There's like an insurance adjuster from Indiana who did it successfully. Uh, well, not successfully because we know about it, but a lot of people do it. And at the end of this interview, they basically intimate because one of his ex-girlfriends says that he called her and said, do you want to join me? Two weeks ago, after his death, I got a call from Texas. It's me, John. I paid off people to pretend that I am dead, but I am not dead. It's And there are only three persons in this world that knows that I'm still alive. He may or may not have done this, but I believe that it could have happened. Laura Bricker, what do you think? You know, I go back and forth on this. I mean, I think it's really interesting. We had that cryptocurrency podcast we listened to where the person from, it was yeah, like- was an exit scam? Exit scam. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the thing. Like, if you want to, like, fake your death, you go to India because, like, everybody goes to India to fake their death. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So, I I mean, when you hear the end, I'm like, this, first of all, was a perfect ending for this documentary. You know, that character, the girlfriend, Sam, uh, former, very interesting. But I guess where I think, like, it's not, I, I don't think he could have faked his death is because he was such a narcissist. He was such an egomaniac that, like, do you really think he could go underground and shut up and turn off this mania that he had going on of everybody chasing him and everybody out to get him? Like, I guess I, based on everything I saw of him, I have a hard time believing that he could just quietly fade off into the distance because that was just not the way that he operated. He mm. enjoyed the excitement. He enjoyed the attention from being on the run and Maybe he did. And what was he like living in Texas? Now he's going to be a cowboy. Giddy up, John McAfee. I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, my thinking was maybe he faked his death and then actually also died. That could happen. That, that, you know, he was doing so many drugs. Yeah, he was doing a shitload of drugs. I mean, that's. Yeah. Do you know know what happened to his body? No. Apparently it's, quote, still in the morgue and the government won't turn the body over to his widow. Really? So I am wondering. Does that make sense? Yeah, what morgue is this? What country is this? This is, is wasn't he in Spain? Spain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Spain. Yeah. This widow uh, wants the body and they're not giving it to him. And that makes me suspicious as hell. That's very it's strange. It's so fishy. It comes with a side of chips and mayonnaise. Huh. That's oh, very strange. Kevin. Isn't that what one of the Fox News dickheads said when he's talking about the death? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, could I, I in this case, I believe that he would attempt that, that he would pay somebody off. But Laura, you're right. I don't see how long he could live on a, a low profile and maintain a life, you know, in hiding. Because his idea of hiding two other times was to take a camera crew and flash a lot of money around. <laughs> like, we're going to hiding. We're going to the Four Seasons in Guatemala City. And nobody yeah. will hide, find us there. And then we'll have a press conference. And his death comes right after, you know, the court says we are going to extradite you to the U.S. But I have a question. And we're going to do yoga. I have a question, though. He is inflating his own sense of self-importance and who's actually watching him. Right. Yeah, Sure. So what if we all do? What if he is actually alive and he still is being like a super narcissistic dickhead somewhere sitting on some beach telling everybody grand stories, but saying his name is like John Smith. Yeah. Nobody fucking cares about John McAfee, really. He just thinks I they do. I do every time I turn my computer on and that fucking alert comes on saying, 
You have 30 days to, to pay. <laughs> yeah. Like holding you holding your credit yeah. card number hostage. You're the virus, McAfee. You're the virus. <laughs> Can I get you off my computer? Toby, thoughts? Yes or no? Dead or alive? John McAfee, thoughts? Uh, I don't really care. Uh, but yeah, okay. Yeah, good answer. <laughs> Best answer. It's like, a, you know, he's a narcissist, but he's also just doing tons and tons and tons of drugs. And I think yeah. when you do tons and tons and tons of drugs that can outweigh a lot of other parts of your personality. So I, I don't know. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. All right, well, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out Running with the Devil, The Wild World of John McAfee? It's on Netflix. Laura Bricker, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this was really, you know, this is like the bonkers sort of companion to like the legend of Cocaine Island, but it is from the computer tech world. And it was sort of like this sort of swashbuckling, crazy adventure on the high seas with this guy going on the run, things you can't believe are true. And I think even in the beginning of this, they said, it's so crazy, it has to be true. And so there was definitely sort of this like stream of consciousness approach with this where there were times I would have liked a little more context, a little more background, but it was just kind of crazy and entertaining. And, you know, I am curious to see where this story goes next because um, you do have the one wife who is allegedly pursuing some things. So may not be dead. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just kind of crazy. So I, you know, I just kind of, I, I sat down, I watched, I went, huh, that was, that was bonkers. So if nothing else, that's why you should watch it. What do you think, Toby Ball? Yeah, I mean, this is, I, I felt it was really disjointed, you know? It just felt like they had, like, pieces of different parts of his life, which they didn't really try very hard to connect. And uh, so you kind of get a piece of the whole Belize Guatemala thing, and then you get a piece of, you know, him working with that writer, and then you get a piece of the thing on the yacht, and then you get some background on him and like his, what his ultimate fate is. But it just kind of seems like it's almost like, I think when you're doing like surveying, it's like a, a sample of convenience, right? You happen to have stuff on these little places. So you just, that's what you make into your movie and you try and fill in a little bit rather than giving a little bit more cohesive picture of things. Uh, that being said, like what you watch, like it's not boring, right? I mean, the 
weird stuff keeps going on. Like he's, I think he's full of shit, but like, he's not half-assing being full of shit. Like he's going all in on like, I'm just going to load up this boat with guns and drugs and booze. And it's, it's like a mild thumbs up. I, I it's fine. It's entertaining. I don't know if you can make a great movie about him or a great series about him, but I think you could have made a better one. But what's there is is entertaining enough. So thumbs up. Kevin Flynn. This is not great, but I liked it. I guess I'm going a very mild thumbs up. You do get thrown into a guy on the run, and it proves my point that rich people get into way more kinds of trouble and elaborate kinds of trouble than poor people do. And as long as you have a uh, $100 million because of your stupid antivirus program that I still can't get off my computer, that it affords you the ability to behave badly and to maintain your ability to keep operating in the world. I like what Toby said about it being disjointed. That's how I feel, too. I feel like there was a lot of his story's background that was sort of left untouched, but it just seems like there's all this found video that never got properly used and hey it's uh when everybody's in lockdown why not dust this off and start editing something about mr mcafee so i'm gonna go thumbs up but i wouldn't blame you if you skipped it yeah i'm thumbs up too as toby said it's not boring what they didn't do and i'm glad they didn't do it was like John McAfee was a young man <laughs> who was born in Racine, Wisconsin and grew up with a, you know what I mean? They yeah. didn't do any of that bullshit. They didn't do that thing where they, t- they turned this into like a four part thing or whatever. They just like dumped you right into the action. It was very much like a, like a frenetic vice story. And so along in that spirit, it's like if someone's going to be crazy, why not be super rich crazy? And that's sort of like the ride you're taking on mm-hmm. in that spirit. If you're the kind of person, as Laura says, who likes to watch a guy dye his beard a bunch of different colors over a series of a pretty short documentary in which a lot of crazy ass shit happens, you're probably going to like this documentary. It's imperfect, but it's not not fun to watch. So I'm going to go ahead and also give it a mild thumbs up. All right, that's going to do it for us. But before we go, Laura Bricker, I have a question for you. Do we have a cat of the week this week? Oh, my God. I am having such a hard time deciding on cat of the week this week. Um, Pick and one. I commit, am, Laura. Commit. Do it. I am committing to the cats of Croatia mm. that have been brought to us by Flat Toby's Adventures. Very nice. Flat Toby is currently on a world tour. I don't know where Flat Kevin is, but Flat Toby's on his world tour. And, and for those who don't know this, uh, Flat Toby is a craft project that Laura invented for the <laughs> podcast about three years ago. And a listener who is anonymous has picked up that craft project and has created a Twitter account with it. Uh, yeah. And that Twitter account displays pictures of Flat Toby going around the world. Whoever this listener is has a fucking incredible travel life. The, yeah. Yes, the flat Toby user uh, outed himself accidentally by tweeting yeah, from I the wrong that. account. Yes. Ah, I but, see. But I'm not gonna not gonna point to. You're not who gonna he out is. the Twitter user. Okay. Yeah. They did come to Exeter at one point too, because the flat Toby person rides like a motorcycle, I think, mm-hmm. yep. and they they went to the Thirsty Moose in Exeter. But there was like all these great videos of all of these cats, and there was like this video of the cats at the restaurant, and they were walking around and they were chatting, and of course the cats I'm were the chatting person, in Croatia. Yes, they I were didn't like, know they could speak meow, Croatian. Meow, 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 meow. 
And I was like, I am always the person on vacation who starts like petting all the cats. And um, when I was in Key West last fall, like I was petting all the cats. My friend Jen, I was like, Jen. And she's like, I don't touch cats. I don't know. Yeah. Jen's like, I don't want to get FIV, Laura Bricker. You go ahead and pet all those cats. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I want all the cats. So I was like, I'm so jealous of Flat Toby with all the cats in Croatia. By the way, FIV is not something that humans can get from petting cats. That was a joke. Do not add me no. cat people. No. <laughs> All right. Laura Bricker, thank you so much for choosing the cats of Croatia to be cat of the week. Uh, Kevin, you're going to tell me who that user is after we uh, get me off this too. thing. Mm. All right. Laura Bricker, folks want to reach out to you and submit their travel adventures and the cats that they see when they are out in the world. How can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at Lara Brooker. Of course, you can also email us at crimewriterson at gmail.com with any kind of animal to be the cat of the week or go into our Facebook group. People submit them there as well. Toby Ball, folks want to reach out to you and, I don't know, show you their flat representations of you and where they are in the world. How can they find you on Twitter? At Toby Ball NH. And Kevin Flynn, if someone wants to make a flat Kevin, how can they find you on Twitter? I am two-dimensional at Kevin P. Flynn. And by the way, directions to make a flat Toby are on our website, crimewriterson.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoie. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On. And I encourage you to join our incredible community and our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. Just go to Facebook, look for our regular page, and then hit join the group. We'll let you in if you're not a troll. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You get the Crime Writers On after show, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive book club podcasts our theme song was composed and performed by ty gibbons our line editor is the incredibly handsome olivia burdett who is currently studying in spain the along with john mcafee <gasps> oh my god she can go to the morgue the executive <laughs> producer of this program is kevin p flynn investigate that for us olivia this show was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in bay st louis mississippi studio otherwise known as studio c the closet in our new hampshire basement where kevin will fake a heart attack to avoid doing the laundry. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you later. Later. Unfortunately, there's this pesky thing called OSHA, so they wouldn't let me go down in the hole, but I got pretty close. Yeah. That's what she said. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Get down in the hole. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.